Welcome to A.T. Stewart and Sons Ministries. I'm your host, A.T. Stewart. I'm glad you've chosen to join us today as we look into the Word of God. So take your Bibles and let's hang out in God's Word for a few moments and see what God would say to us today. Your Bibles will turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Today we're going to be talking about God's will for your life. People come up to me and say, Preacher, I just need to find God's will for my life, whether I should do this or do that. Well, I'm going to tell you God's will for your life, at least in one major aspect this morning. I don't think it will come to anyone's surprise that we are facing a moral meltdown in our nation. 660 million pornographic videos were rented in 1996, and it's only gone up since then. USA Today report says that up to 50 to 60 percent of Americans admit to committing adultery. We have the highest rate in the world. 70% of men 18 to 34 years of age view pornography once a month. In 2007, 48% of high school students have had premarital sex. Barna Research, a Christian research firm, says according to their research, 60% consider it acceptable for unmarried people to cohabitate. 42% approve of extramarital sex. 38% of Americans approve of pornography. 30% of Americans find homosexuality acceptable. Now those statistics may or may not surprise you. But I hope you will be surprised by the next statistics which show the moral crisis experienced in the church today in America. Those who consider themselves Christians, 50% of the Protestants said they believe it's okay for men and women to live together outside of marriage. Today even many who call themselves religious, just follow along with the immoral crowd and commit fornication and adultery. According to Newsweek magazine, couples therapists estimate that among their clientele, the number of women cheating on their husbands is close to 30 to 40 percent, compared with 50 percent of men, and the gap is almost certainly closing. The best interpretation of the data, the cheating rate for women is approaching that for men. 59% of born-again busters, that's people 20 to 30 years old, that represents the majority of young Christian adults, felt cohabitation was acceptable. 80% of non-Christian busters felt cohabitation was acceptable. 50% of Christian men surveyed said they had recently 
viewed pornography. 54% of pastors have viewed pornography in the last year. That was according to the website pastors.com survey. I'm not one of those 54%. I'll put your mind at ease. Some of you are wondering. There is a moral meltdown in our nation and in the church. But I want you to know, though the moral standards may be unclear to our society and may be unclear in many churches, God is clear in His Word about sexual immorality. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Don't fool yourself. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, and a better translation would probably be male prostitutes, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. For these people that call themselves Christians, but they are living in immorality, Paul says you're just deceived. That you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ephesians 5.5 5 says, For this you know for with certainty, Paul said there's no ambiguity about this. That no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance of the kingdom of Christ and God. Hebrews 13.4 says, Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers God will judge. And then in Revelation chapter 22, speaking about heaven. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. God's Word is absolutely clear. God is just as much against sexual immorality today as He was 2,000 years ago as He was three or four thousand years ago when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And that brings us to our passage today in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Would you please stand? As I read beginning in verse 1, the word of our Father. Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us instruction as how you ought to walk and please God just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. This is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger. And all these things, just as we told you before, 
and solemnly warns you. For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. So he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives His Holy Spirit to you. You may be seated. As I was preparing this message and praying over it, I felt the Lord instructed me that as I talked about sexual immorality, and the word in the Greek is pornea, this is the will of God for you, your sanctification, your growth in spiritual maturity, that you abstain, that you stay away from, that you do not commit pornea. Now this word pornea refers to any illicit sexual activity. It could be adultery, it could be fornication, it could be homosexuality, it could be pornography. Any illicit sexual activity is what the Scripture has in mind when he says that we are to abstain from sexual immorality from pornea. And I felt the Lord saying to me that you need to stress the pornographic aspect of what you're saying today. Not to the exclusion of the other aspects of immorality, but with 50% of men, Christian men, saying they have viewed pornography in the past month, with 54% of pastors saying they have viewed it in the past year, that tells me that though I would like to think our church is different, in fact, there was one pastor that read those statistics and he said, can't be. My church just isn't like that. And so he got with his elders and they agreed to do a survey of the men in their church and what he found out was it wasn't 50% of the men that had looked at pornography, it was 60% of the ones who responded to the survey. And imagine the ones who didn't respond because they were afraid they'd be found out. And so I hate to say it, but I think it's fairly possible and probable that there are guys in here among us, even ladies, who are struggling with pornography. So I want to address that. And if you're dealing with that, you take this and put it into that context. Now, Paul gives us eight reasons in our text. While God says Christians are to stay away from sexual immorality. Eight reasons, no less. First one is found in verse 1. It displeases God. Verse 1, he says, how you ought to walk and please God. You see, to please God is to abstain from sexual immorality. The Christian is to live to please the God who saved him. Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, Therefore, also we have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, that is, whether we're here in this life or in the next life, to be pleasing to the Lord, to be pleasing to Him. Our goal, our desire as Christians, as those who have been bought by the blood of Christ and who have been forgiven of our sins, whom Christ died for, is to please Him. To live in a way that pleases our God. To live in immorality is not to please God. In fact, there is no way you can be involved in sexual immorality and live pleasingly to God. You can't do it. 
There's no way you can be looking at pornography and be living in a way that's pleasing to God. No lies of Satan can change that. Oh, he says, well, nobody will know. It's not hurting anybody. Satan says, oh, you're consenting adults. It's okay. Satan says, oh, you, you love them. Satan says, oh, you're going to get married someday. No lies of Satan can change that. You cannot be living in immorality and be pleasing to God. No clever rationalization on your part can change that either. Oh, but, but this is just one little area. I go to church regularly. I, I, I read my Bible regularly. I pray regularly. I give. This is just one small area of my life. You know, nobody's perfect, preacher. We all have to have some fault. No clever rationalization can change the fact that you cannot live in sexual immorality and be pleasing to God. It's impossible. So that's the first reason. And if that were the only reason, it'd be enough. We wouldn't need any more than that, would we? But He gives us seven more. It's against God's will for you. Verse 3, For this is the will of God. Don't have to even pray about it. This is God's will. Your sanctification, your growth into spiritual maturity. The word sanctification in the Greek comes from the root word for holiness. And it simply means you are growing in living a holy life. You're growing into being like Christ. You're growing into deeper levels of spiritual maturity. Now, we probably would understand it better if we translated it holification. Right? This is God's will for you. Your holification for you to become holy in your conduct. Holy in your life. And for you to be set apart. And that's what the word saint means. And the Bible calls all Christian saints, not just some. But the word simply means holy ones. Set apart ones. We're to live differently from the way the world lives. Sexual immorality, pornography, is totally against your spiritual maturity, and your spiritual growth. There's no way you can be involved in sexual immorality and be growing spiritually. And be growing in Christ-likeness. You cannot commit immorality and walk in holiness. You can't do it. You cannot live and view pornography and live in God's purity for you. You don't have to, even have to ask God if you need to commit immorality. It's His will that you not do it. You know, we talk about praying, and prayer is important, and I'm all for praying, but you know, sometimes you don't need to pray. You don't need to ask God if I need to look at pornography. You don't need to ask God if you should commit sexual immorality. He's already told you no. This is His will. We're too worried about, well, I want to find out, should I have this job, or should I move to this town? What's God's will? God's will for you to live in holiness. You live the way you need to live, and God will place you where He wants you to be. We're more concerned about the, the little aspects of where we work and who we marry and all these things which are important, but God says, you live a holy life, and I'll bring these other things in line. Right? We need to be more concerned about who we are than where we are. So not only is it not pleasing to God, it's against God's will for you. Number three reason you are not to live in sexual immorality, it dishonors your body. Look in verse 4. 
For each of you know how to possess his own vessel, and I think by that he's talking about our body, in sanctification, remember that word, holiness, and honor. Now the word honor means to prize highly, to place value on it, to honor it. Well, Paul is saying to commit sexual immorality is to disrespect and dishonor your body. To maintain moral purity is to honor your body. It is to value your body highly. It is to prize it. Now, Paul talks about this over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 18. He says, flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you're not your own? For you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Now, according to what Paul says, as a Christian, guess what? Your body's not your own to do with as you want to do with it. He has purchased your body through His shed blood on the cross. Your body is the temple of His Holy Spirit who is in you. So when you commit sexual immorality, not only are you dishonoring the body, not only are you using His body, because it's not yours anymore, unlawfully, but you are actually bringing Jesus into that immoral activity. If Christ is in you as a Christian, and He is, when you're involved in immorality, Christ is being brought into that immoral relationship. I think if people would realize that, they would cut back on a lot of it, wouldn't they? When you're looking at that pornography, guys, you're exposing Jesus to that pornography because He is in you. Through His Spirit. When you are involved in a sexual, immoral relationship, you are bringing Jesus into that relationship. And that is to dishonor your body and to dishonor Him. The fourth reason we're not to be involved in sexual immorality is because that kind of behavior is characteristic of unbelievers. Verse 5. Not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. He says unbelievers live in lustful passion. To commit sexual immorality is to live in lustful passions. To look at pornography is to live in lustful passions. Now Satan lies and says it's love to have sexual relations with them. He says it's sweet, it's lovely, as long as you both love each other. He says, well, if you're going to marry them someday, then it's okay. As long as you're monogamous in your immorality, Satan says, it's okay. God says, if you're not married to them, if they're not your spouse, it's sexual immorality. God's clear about it. It's not love. It's lustful passion. Now hear that. Ladies, hear that. 
Never fall for that guy saying, but if you love me. That's the oldest line in the book. You say to him, if you loved me, you'd wait until you committed to live with me and to care for me as my husband. That is love. If you say, but I'll lose him, he's not worth having. If you lose him because you won't go to bed with him. Don't fall for that. God says love waits. It's nothing but lustful passion to commit sexual immorality. It's to live like the pagans live. It's to live like a heathen lives, the Scripture says. Over in 1 John 3, a passage we saw several months ago when we were talking about the test of saving faith. He said, little children, make sure that no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he's righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. The one who practices immorality is of the devil. And he said, don't be deceived. That means you can be deceived. It must be pretty easy to be deceived in this area. Because he warns you not to be. Don't think you can live like the devil and say, oh, but I accepted Christ when I was eight years old. Oh, I said this prayer, this sinner's prayer. Oh, I was baptized. If you live like the devil, you belong to the devil. That's what God says. Is that clear? It's not complicated. It's not confusing. It's right there in black and white. So to live in immorality is to live as unbelievers live. Number five, it cheats Somebody else. Verse 6. And that no man transgress or defraud, that is, cheat his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things. It cheats somebody else. It defrauds somebody else when you have immoral relationships. You say, oh, how is that preaching? If you have a sexual relationship... First, of course, if, if you're married, it's clear how it cheats your wife or it cheats your husband or it cheats your kids. I mean, you are robbing them and robbing your family of the uh, wholeness and unity that it deserves. But if it's outside of marriage and you commit an immoral relationship, you're robbing that future spouse. That person's future spouse has a right to be married to one who is living in moral purity. When you take that moral purity away, you are robbing their future spouse. And it's somebody's sister probably. Somebody's daughter for sure. And you are robbing them. Now he goes on to say, not only that, but number six, you bring God's discipline on you. Who is the avenger of the one who transgresses and defrauds his brother? Who is the avenger? The Lord is the avenger in all these things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you. Paul is taking this thing seriously. He says when you commit sexual immorality, you are releasing the disciplined hand of God in your life. God will avenge. You will bring yourself under His temporal judgments. You say, but I'm a, I'm a Christian and my sins are forgiven and I'll never face them in eternity. You won't face them in eternity, but let me tell you, the consequences you'll face in this life. 
Forgiveness does not remove consequences. It doesn't. God will forgive you, but you will have to live with the consequences of your actions. And the consequences might be in the form of an unwanted pregnancy. The discipline might be in the form of a sexually transmitted disease. The discipline might be in the form of a marriage built on mistrust because of previous activities. The discipline might come in the form of images in your mind that you cannot get out of your mind. God is not mocked. What a man sows, that shall he reap. You sow these seeds of sexual immorality, you will reap. Even though you will be forgiven, you will reap the consequences in this life. Number seven. Sexual immorality denies your call by God. Look in verse 7. For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but for what purpose? There it comes again. Sanctification. Your holiness. God's not called you to live an impure life. He's called you to grow in holiness. He's called you to grow in Christ's likeness. Ephesians 4.1 speaks to this again. As Paul is writing, Therefore I... I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. To live in a manner worthy of your call. And we're called to holiness. To be involved in immorality is to deny that call that God has placed on our lives. And number eight, it shows you are rejecting God. Verse 8. So he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives His Holy Spirit to you. You say, you're not rejecting me if you reject this. I wish you were just rejecting me. Really, I wish that was all that was involved. But you're not rejecting me. You're rejecting God. It's not between me and you. This is not between me and you. I mean, you can get mad at me for what I'm saying if you want to, but it's not between us. It's between you and God. I'm just a messenger. I'm just telling you what He says. To live in immorality is to turn your back on God. It is to reject the God who called you, who died for you, who desires your holiness. Eight reasons why we are to abstain from sexual immorality. Well, preacher, what's the solution? How did I get out of it? He tells us in verse 8 when he says, Who gives His Holy Spirit to you. Praise God. It is the Holy Spirit that will give you the power and the desire to break free from sexual immorality. And I'd be the first to say that I believe that Satan can gain a stronghold in the life of a believer in this area of sexual immorality. I have read stories of pastors who have gotten involved in pornography and it's become such a strong stronghold of Satan that they've had to get out of the ministry. It has ruined their marriage. 
it has ruined their ministry. I know it can be a stronghold, but our God is more powerful than Satan. Jesus is the truth, and the truth can set you free. So I want to talk to you about the solution this morning. First, it is the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live in purity. No, you cannot do it in your own strength. God doesn't ask you to do it in your own strength. He commands us to do it through the power of His Spirit who is living in us. That's why Paul mentions the Holy Spirit here. I mean, it's, it's totally against the Spirit living in you for you to live in immorality. Because the Spirit is there to give us the will and to work in ways that bring holiness. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk by the Spirit, that is, live by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. And he means that sinful flesh, that, that desire for immorality. Walk in the Spirit. Trust and depend on the Spirit of God to empower you to say no to temptation, to say no to sin. Lean on. Walk in the Spirit. It is His power that will work within you. Now, I want to give you the means that His Spirit will use to empower you. It's one thing for me to say, oh, the Spirit will empower you. Now, I'm going to tell you some of the means that God will use. You see, God not only ordains the end, but He ordains the means to the end. And these are some of the means He's going to use to strengthen you. First, you need to confess your immorality to a trusted Christian friend. You see, Satan loves to deal in secret and in darkness. And as long as you're holding on to that sin and keeping it concealed in darkness, there's a power to that sin. But when you expose it, bring it out to the light. The Scripture says, confess your sins one to another. When you find a trusted Christian friend of the same sex, I might add, and you say to them, you know, I, 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 I need to confess something to you. And you confess your sexual immorality, you're bringing it into the light, and you are robbing the devil of some of his power. Plus, you're bringing it before your God and acknowledging. Confession, this means to agree with God. This is wrong. This is a sin. It's not just a weakness on my part. It's not... My personality, I can't. It's a sin before you, a holy God. You confess it. Bring it to the light. And then secondly, establish accountability with probably that trusted friend you confess to. We don't like accountability, but we need it. You need someone to hold you accountable. Someone you respect who will hold you accountable. And they will ask you periodically, let's talk about it. Have you viewed any pornography? Have you entertained impure thoughts? Have you been involved in a sexual impure relationship? Hey, I've known Christian couples who have gotten other Christian couples to hold them accountable before marriage that they would maintain their moral purity. But you need accountability. 
We need somebody with flesh and blood that will look us in the eye and we'll have to be accountable and be honest with them about our activities. That is part of the means I'm convinced the Holy Spirit uses to empower us to live in purity. And then thirdly, you need to clean up. If you're involved in pornography, you need to get rid of all of it. You need to throw it away. Burn it. If it's on the Internet, you may need to get rid of your computer. Desperate situations call for desperate measures. If you're having trouble with Internet pornography, you need to get rid of that computer if you can't stop. Or move that computer into the living room where everybody can see what you're looking at on the Internet. Or you need to invite your spouse to come and view your history of the sites you visited. Now, I know some of you guys know how to erase those sites. You need to get some software on your computer that will block those sites. You need to get accountability. There's software out there, and I've listed in your bulletin some sites you can go to. One of them is called Covenant Eyes. And what you do is you enter to this program and you pick an accountability partner and it will email that accountability partner any questionable website you visit. And you do the same thing with them. And you are emailing each other questionable websites are being emailed to them that you visit. Another one is XXX Church. Uh, they have free software that will do that. You put in your accountability partner, and once a month it sends them a report of any questionable site that you went on. Now, guys, if you're serious about it, you need an accountability partner. If you're serious about getting out of this stuff, you need to put it where somebody sees every site you go to on the Internet. I'll be glad to be any of your accountability partner. I'll be glad to. Hold you accountable to every website you go to if you're serious. So get accountability. Get some filtering software. If you are a couple that has trouble with premarital sexual immorality, don't be alone. That would be a simple way to solve the problem. Just don't spend any time where it's just you two together. Doesn't that make sense? The Bible says flee from immorality. That doesn't mean tiptoe away. It means run away. That doesn't mean, see, how close you can get to it without falling into it. It means you run the other way. But see, I see Christians won't say, how close. How far can we go and not be immoral? You play with fire, you're going to get burned. Right? Just don't get close to the fire. Okay? Run away from it. Flee. And then number four. Maintain your spiritual life through regular Bible study, prayer, and church attendance. You've got to maintain your spiritual life. When that drops off, you get spiritually weak and temptations get stronger. You've got to maintain time in the Word. You've got to maintain time in prayer. You have got to keep coming to church and being around Christian friends and being under the influence of the Word of God. That is important. And then... Not only will the Holy Spirit empower you, but next, secondly, He provides a way out of the temptation. 
1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with, with the temptation provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. God's promised to give you a way out. You just need to look for it. He'll give you a way out. Again, His way out may be RUI. That is a Christian addiction recovery program. You are addicted to pornography, sexual immorality. Come to RUI. That may well be God's way of escape for you. There are also websites that I have listed in the bulletin that have online Bible-based programs to help you break the addiction of sexual immorality or pornography. I've listed those. Pure Online or Purity Online is one of them. Uh, another one is BreakingTheStrongholds.com. I don't think I listed that one. I think that... Uh, go to the next slide. Not next one. Okay, there it is. SettingTheCaptivesFree.com. That's a free website. It has programs that you can go through on all types of addiction, eating, sexual addictions, drug addictions. And in that program, they will also put you in touch with a mentor, someone who will work with you and hold you accountable. And that one's free. So I would encourage you to check that one out as well. Purity Online costs about $150 for a 30-day online workshop, Overcoming Addiction. But the way that the Holy Spirit provides the escape is through the means He offers to keep you from falling into the temptation. So, God's will for you, your sanctification, your spiritual maturity, that you abstain, that you, stay, that you run away from all forms of sexual immorality. I know we live in a society where it is so commonplace. I heard just yesterday of a young person that grew up in this church who is a father outside of wedlock. It seems like that's more common now than people that have children inside of marriage. That is not God's will. And if you don't hear it here, I don't know where you're going to hear it. We have got to maintain the standard. Young people, hear the Word of God. Don't listen to what society is telling you. And God only desires your best. It's not because He doesn't want you to have fun. He knows what's best for you. What's best for your marriage. You may be someone here today that's been involved in immorality. I want you to know God will forgive you. You come to Christ. There's no sin too great for the grace of God to cover. But you need to come and bring that before Him in confession. Realizing, man, God, I, 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 I'm, I've sinned. I stand before you, a sinner. And I can't do anything to undo that. But I know Jesus came and died for me, took my place, 
was punished for my sin of immorality. And by surrendering to Him as my Lord and trusting Him as my Savior, that He did everything necessary for me to be saved, to have my sins forgiven, He will forgive me of my sins. He will make you a new creature. He will give you a place in heaven with Him for eternity. He will come and live within you through His Spirit and empower you to live in purity. Don't walk away condemned. Walk away committed to walk with Christ in purity through the power of His Spirit. Now, if you're not willing to confess, you need to be condemned. But have that conviction of the Spirit is to move you to confession, not to send you away in despair. Jesus came to save sinners. He didn't come to see, save the righteous. He came to save sinners like us. Will you come to Christ today? Let's pray. We do welcome you, and I'm glad that you have taken the opportunity to listen to a sermon on our Internet. And I want you just to know that uh, everybody in the church is not like me. Uh, I have these fellows up here, our leadership team. Uh, this is Filiberto Medina, who is our Hispanic pastor. And our Hispanic congregation meets every Sunday evening at 6.30. This is Paul Kumar. He is our Minister of Community Connections. Uh, and to my left is Mark Baker, who heads up our Reformers Unanimous Ministry, which is a Christian addiction recovery program that meets every Friday night at 7 o'clock. So if you live in the Mableton area, uh, and it doesn't matter what race you're from, it doesn't matter your cultural background, I want you to know you are welcome at Westside Church. This is where everybody is somebody and Jesus is Lord. Hope you'll join us soon. Thank you for being with us for this message. Each week, Dr. Stewart gives practical applications and ways to live out the Word of God. If you would like more information, please take a moment to view our website at wbcfamily.org. That's wbcfamily.org.